Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. So, um, this is Anita, and this is Black Menopause and Beyond. I'm interviewing Marlene, and Marlene's going to go a bit more into what she does and who she is, but she's a therapist, and one of the areas that she specialises in is menopause. So, Marlene, can you tell us a bit about you and, as a whole, what you do? Okay, thank you, Anita. Um, well, my name is Marlene Antoinette Daly, and I'm a psychodynamic psychotherapist. And one of the specialisms um, that I work with are women who are going through the various stages of menopause. Um, a lot of women who come who come and see me with various what we would call presenting issues or concerns, um, things they don't know what's happening to them, you know, why they why they're feeling low, why they're feeling angry, why they're of, you know, low energy. And once we get talking, you know, and processing, as we call it in, in um, therapeutic terms, it's often down to the menopause. So what I found doing my own research as well is that the menopause brings up lots of, lots of issues that perhaps women have had and buried or they thought they'd buried it away in their child but when it's the menopause the menopause is a stage of life where because of all the changes that are happening to to us as women both physically and mentally so lots of things start coming up things that believe were buried things that we didn't want to deal with things that we thought we'd put to bed so the emotional side is very very prevalent with menopausal women so not only are uh, the women having to deal with all the physical changes, and apparently there's, you know, 34 symptoms of menopause, possibly more. So they're dealing with one of those, maybe if they're lucky, but usually it's a, a lot more than just one symptom. They're having to deal with all the physical changes and then bang, an explosion of all the emotional or psychological changes that are happening for them. So I do a lot of work with them. Um, clients who are actually menopausal women does um racial reverie uh, it's just come this question just come to my head just now because i know mm-hmm. i haven't i haven't mentioned this to you but does yep. racial reverie have an impact on the menopause racial reverie mm. 
what what's your definition of racial reverie? Well, from my understanding, racial reverie, reverie. So I can't pronounce my ass. So sorry about that. Yeah. It, it relates to, I suppose, the long term impact of dealing, living in a world where mm-hmm. you come across um, an obstacle around your race. Mm-hmm. So it can it can be, from my understanding, it's it's over a duration of time. It's not just yes. an incident. Um, yeah. So I would imagine a woman who's roughly menopausal age and, and they're British may yes. have encountered loads and loads of scenarios where they're devalued because of, the, yeah. of their ethnicity. Yeah, well, racial reverie does come into play um, in the sense that, again, there's that, you know, the strong black woman, you know, when you're menopausal, you're not necessarily that strong black woman stereotype and so lots of the women you know therapy is actually the last thing that they'll do when they really can't cope no more when they find that they you know not getting out of bed or constantly bursting into tears so they're no longer this you know at work they may have to have that image amongst sometimes even amongst their friendship group or in their community and so when they then become menopausal this strong black woman all the all the layers that's really that, that strong black woman's had to mask all the all the things that they've had to face you know in their lives the microaggressions you know possibly at work within their community just even sometimes within their families you know depending on where where, where their their heritage is you know lots of the women have come from very matriarchal societies or communities within their relationships they've carried you know they're the ones that carried a lot and no longer are they feeling able to then carry you know it may be the finance let's say or even with the relationship they feel that you know that, that their partners may no longer see them as as fertile or um, sexy or even good enough so there is a lot of feeling of not good enough that comes into it as well as yes you know, racial reverie, which which I define as this waking up reverie, meaning, you know, this waking up of realising just who you are and then possibly with menopause of who you who you no longer are. And I think that that is that is um the depth of a lot of the the, the issues that are coming into the therapy space. They are no longer, you know, a strong black woman physically perhaps and also very much emotionally because they're having to deal with so much of the unknown you know they've managed to deal with everything else but this they perhaps can't deal with or they're struggling to deal with so yes in answer to your question racial reverie often also comes into the therapy space I mean what made you start to work in the menopausal area I think for me personally um I was always a reader, so I read up a lot about menopause. So when I became, you know, perimenopausal, I knew what was happening when I was menopausal. I guess some would say that I had a smooth, smooth journey. I I didn't really have, you know, many hot flushes that I couldn't cope with. I had mood swings. So a lot of it was my own curiosity. If this was happening to me, then it's obviously happening to, you know, my peers. And it's going to happen to, you know, the the women who are, you know, slightly younger than me. So I used to speak a lot to my, my mother in that age group. Now, that age group just didn't talk talk about the menopause. They didn't talk to their friends. They didn't even talk, some of them didn't even talk to their partners. 
that there was no even acknowledging themselves. You know, and if you think about it, it's known as the change, you know, that dreaded thing, the, the change. You know, often the woman is seen as changing into this neurotic dragon that, you know, with that's erratic and unpredictable. So I think it was my own curiosity that I then did more research into it. And then, as I said, when I started practicing a lot of issues that women were coming with, when we started, you know, the processing, the reflection and the analysing, it was actually due to, due to menopause. Menopause, menopause played the key part in the way they were feeling. And then the way they were feeling, then made, they made choices depending on how they're feeling. So a lot of it started off with curiosity, Anita, and then, you know, doing my own research, doing my own studying, doing lots of other training so that I was then able, although I'm not medically, I can't advise medically, um, I wanted to be equipped to be able to advise psychologically for any of my clients who then came into the space and, you know, with menopause being one of the underlying issues. I mean, from what I understand, the medical, um, the mental side for quite a few women is a major issue on all kinds of levels. So it could be, and they might need medical assistance because the the hormonal imbalance. So they might need to talk to a doctor, but sometimes it's just the lack of confidence. It's, I mean, I know a common scenario where women lose their confidence is when they're at work and they're continually being hot and cold and sweating. There's an element of embarrassment and uncomfortableness. Um, and, And I know that, for some women they leave their work and jobs because of that feeling um that affects them potentially five days a week um for 40 hours a week um so the mental side even if you don't have a biological condition is something that still can affect a lot of women it can still and and still yes as you're right it is affecting a lot of women so much so now that I don't know if you've noticed, you know, menopause is sort of like the, the key word at the moment. Everyone's talking about it because now they're, they're thinking of various laws. Lots of, there's been a lot of training for employers or in the HR departments, managers about menopause. It's not something that, you know, men can giggle in the corner or, or women shouldn't be. It's in fact, now I think you can be, you know, em- employers can be taken to the tribunal for dis- discrimination. So there's a lots of help now for women at work. They shouldn't be in that position where they're feeling that they've got to lo- lose their job. Because, yes, one of the symptoms is brain fog. You know, you're in the middle of sentences sometimes and you can't finish. You, you literally cannot remember what you've got to say. You know, I have clients who they've had, to, you know, they've had quite high level positions, which meant they had to do presentations. And the thought of doing a presentation then then triggered off hot sweats, then triggered off unforgetfulness, then triggered off embarrassment. And, and so it goes on and on. But now, you know, women should feel confident enough to speak to their HR department in confidence let them know I am going through the menopause. You know, this is what this is how it's impacting on me. And there should be support. You know, no woman should be discriminated now at work for being menopausal. It's not, you know, it used to be like an office joke. Oh, she's menopausal, you know, having a good laugh about it. It's actually not a laughing matter. And also men, you know, the, the male managers are now being educated. So any reputable company now will have menopausal training. And I... I, on a few occasions, have gone into organisations 
and done some menopausal. Tra- it's more me being awareness. You know, colleagues need to be aware. Managers need to be aware that you know if a woman is going through all these changes, the you know the the physical one and the psychological changes, then yes, it will affect her work because you know there's no getting away from it it will affect your work but women should they should be able to support that woman as opposed to be you know sniggering around the corner so I would encourage any woman listening to the podcast if you are you know feeling you know maybe insecure at work or afraid at work to um, speak to your HR because they should know and if anything, you can always contact me and I can signpost you to where you can get support. But there's a lot of support now at work for women. Which is really good because, you know, um, menopause, even though it's it's been a taboo for such a long time, so yeah. many, it's affected so many women's work in life. Yes. Um, and considering the fact women are paid less and women either take jobs which are less than they, you know, they, they, they leave work, they... They, they ch- kind of downsize with regards to their careers because yes. of the menopause. Um, that not only we, we start off earning less, we end up earning less if we do this. Yes. So actually we need a strong support system um, and we need workplaces to support us through this um, and understand us just so that we get our deserved value. Yes, exactly. And I must say there is a change. There is a shift now to being, you know, organisations being aware. I must say it's usually the bigger organisations, the bigger companies. But, you know, what's out there, you know, and there are some guidance, for even menopause, menopause policies, that is actually for all companies. So, again, if anyone's struggling or they feel that their company's not not doing enough or if anything at all you know in fact if they just even google menopause at work a lot of resources and information will come up now on the net it is as you said used to be taboo it's not a taboo it, it is very very real and it's now being you know brought into the awareness of of the work the workplace so i've got, I've got um another question to ask you so marley sorry um it's about menopause and relationships i know you've, you've, you've briefly mentioned them but that's one of the struggle isn't it for for um women is and it's all relationships so we've mentioned work because that that contains relationships but it's their children because you sometimes yeah. have teenage children don't you at that age as well yes. or younger children and then it's also your partners as well as your friendships yes does menopause I mean, have an impact on relationships well it does have an impact and, and it will have a much bigger impact you know, if the woman is afraid, is not facing her own menopause. So I would say, you know, really educate yourself. There is a lot there now to know about. And do not be afraid, embarrassed or ashamed, whatever feeling is coming up for you, to say you're menopausal. If you're, if you're, if your um, children know, you know, obviously your adult, as you said, teenagers, teenagers are very aware now. It's, you know, in my I mentioned my mum earlier on. I mean, she's 86 now. In her, day, I, I actually remember my mum just strange, taken to a bed, not 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 coming out of bed. We just thought, oh, you know, and and also my aunts. But now we talk, we can talk, we can have conversations with our children, and they know much more than you know we think they know. You know, so I would recommend, and I always recommend to anybody who who comes to me, let your family know if they don't know already. Let them know, you know, I went through, you know, I went through a statement. I would have these 
not so much the physical symptoms, but rage for no moment, you know, and it was just over a cup of tea, <laughs> you know, the really little silly things. And then, you know, oh, and you feel yourself getting angry. You know why you're getting angry, but you can't stop yourself getting angry. So again, women will say they're shouting and screaming and their children are looking at them or, you know, because if you, a menopausal woman and adolescent children, uh-uh, you know, quite uh, the dynamics in that household it's a bit like a war. Again, I think if you speak to your children, speak to your friends or those who are around you, presumably those, you know, if you've got friends the same age group, then you can have a talk and sometimes a laugh together or or whatever. And definitely your partner. I mean, you're going to have to question your relationship if you can't speak to your partner to let them know your, let him him or her know your, meso, your menopausal. So it is about communication. And again, educating because there is I can't say this enough there is so much information now out there even if you print something off and leave a leaflet on the table then you know in some families you've got to do the education um but yes it is about communicating it's not it's not a lone journey if you're living with within a family or with you know in a relationship menopause isn't a journey you can go alone it's not something you can actually hide it's a natural thing. It's a, it's a phase of life. I always say if we're fortunate enough, we go through menopause because obviously some women don't make it. So those of us who have fortunate, it's, 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 a, it's an age or, or, or a, a state where, you know, we are, you know, we're grown now. We can do things, that, you know, different things that come in, come in our lives. But I think once, once you accept this stage of your life, then it's a whole different it's just a different awakening without going too much into spirituality and all of that. But it is once I think it's communicating and accepting. You've got to communicate with those around you and you, the woman has got to accept that, you know, you've grown, you've, you've moved through the stages of life. And now this is, a, this is just another stage of life. So I've got, um, I mean, it could be that your strategy with regards to dealing with different scenarios of menopause might be the same but I thought I'd put it out there because one thing I've learned since I've been studying and looking into the menopause that the menopause is so varied yes. so so I, I know I've come across women who've experienced a childless menopause um and whether they biologically have like a hormonal imbalance which affects their mental health they generally go through additional things around the child childlessness part don't they I mean yes. if a listener is experienced experiencing this what can you say to yes that person? well with menopause a lot of the feelings is is grief and loss the child so the- one size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. 
PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. They're grieving over what they didn't have or they now can't have. Um, there are a lot of women who grieve about the loss of the of menstruation even because menstruation for them there was that that was their womanhood um even those who were not thinking of having other no more children you know just the fact that they no longer could anyway because you know our womb menopause and all you know that's a that's a completely different area about how that affects a woman but there is a lot of grief and loss so those who you know have got into menopause who, you know, are, are childless, as you say, there, there is a lot of grief work. I do a lot of grief work, grief work and loss around that because it, it is a big loss. It is a big loss. I mean, also, um, I've spoken to a few people and it's not, it's not so much they have, the few people I've mentioned this to, it's not so much that they have anxiety. But mm-hmm. I know a few women are single and they've gone through the menopause and it changes it influences their feelings with regards to starting new relationships with some of them. I yes. mean, is it something that women go to you and they mention? Yes, yeah? yes. You see, that again is that comes under the, um, the, the grief and loss umbrella um, because they've gone through the menopause. Are you saying that, that those ones have not had children or they've had children, but they're it's going a to children? It's a mixture. And I think it's connected to, because um, sometimes with the menopause, you have loss of libido. So yes. I think some women, they just don't feel the urge to seek another partner or they think yes. it's the wrong time to seek a partner or they feel that they failed. They've come to this stage in their life and they're not settled. Yes. Well, all of those, all of those things come up in the therapy space. Those who, you know, would like to enter a new relationship, but because of all the physical symptoms, the, the psychological symptoms, and also that feeling, a lot of women have this feeling of not good enough now or no longer good enough. You know, there's lots of themes about no one's going to want them anymore, you know, because of the the body changes, because of the psychological changes, who's going to want them. And again, I I can't emphasize enough, once once you come to us, because acceptance does actually a lot. It is quite healing and therapeutic, because if you know what you're going through, if you know why your body is let's say, sometimes out of control. If you know that sometimes you are so drained that you've got to stay in bed, you know that, you know it's not going to last. So if your state of mind is an accepting state of mind, then you will be able to make those choices. You'll make informed choices as to, well, you know what, well, maybe not now. Or, you know, if you were, you know, in the throes of entering a, a new relationship, there is nothing wrong with saying, you know, before the start, don't, don't pretend... At the moment, I am menopausal. So there's going to be some days when I'm falling in love with you and some days when I can't really bear to see you. But that's, you know, that's how the menopause is affecting me. You've got to be open and honest. You can't enter a relationship. It's it's like what I said before. If you're in a relationship, the menopause journey isn't a solo journey for those already in relationships. And if you're thinking of entering a new relationship, this applies the same thing. It's not something that you can really hide or you shouldn't hide. 
because this the new partner has got to know and then they can make the, they, they can make the decision themselves but if they don't know there's going to be a lot lots of hurdles that you're going to have to encounter without you know unknown or on your own or, or what you're going to say today or, or all different things really I personally would say that if the if, if one of my clients came to me and they were still not sure they were they were struggling with you know menopause maybe you know I would wonder with them and be very curious with them as to why they thought it was a good time to start a new relationship and we would process you know all the elements of that first because it is it, it can be difficult yes it can be difficult and and that's a that's a fact that as we, some women have to face and with regards to what you do I mean, can you describe quite briefly what people can experience working with you with regards to anxiety and mental health? Um, as in, in the therapy space, do you mean? Yes, yes. Yeah. Well, in the therapy space, it's different depending on who the client is. Um, I work, I'm very, very, depending on the client, psychodynamically, psychoanalytically. Sometimes we do art therapy. Sometimes it's CBT. It all depends on, you know, the client and what the, the client is coming to or, or presenting in the space. Um, there's lots of resources that I also recommend the clients to refer to uh, or to, um, you know, to look look up themselves and do their own research. Anything that's medical, then obviously I will refer them back to their GP because, you know, that's not my, my specialism or my skill. But it all depends. Every Every woman, I would say, is different depends on what they're bringing into the space because yes they, they may be coming with menopause as an underlying issue but there's other things that they you know what is that menopause bringing up for them and then we would explore both together in very different ways yeah in very different ways because also another thing that's you know highly recommend that I recommend is mindfulness you know going for exercise there's food as well. People need to look at food. So again, I can, you know, refer them to nutritionists, to um, coaches, like exercise coaches, all different resources they can be referred to, depending on the client and depending on what, what's coming up for them. So you also offer retreats, don't you, for women? Can you yeah. give us a bit of information on your retreats? Yes, Um the retreats are based in a wonderful holistic space. It's by the scene Broadstairs in Kent. Um, and there's two different types of retreats for menopausal women. There's the retreats where they want, you know, some women want a program. They want, you know, a work like a daily workshop. They want to go for walks. They want to bond and, and share with, you know, with other menopausal women. So there's a like a um, devised if if I call it program type retreat a retreat that has a program but other menopausal women want to just go away by the sea they want to do their own thing they want to go for walks you know they want to go on the beach they want to reflect you know and come to terms or to their own awakening you know of their own accord so there's two there's either the the heal and rest retreats that's really by themselves um, or the ones when it's the devised programs where women or groups of women, sometimes it's friends, groups of friends. Sometimes it's just different women. And they, you know, I, I can say that they make friends by the time they, they um, come off the, the um, retreat. And the retreats are either seven days or four day retreats. But they're all based in a beautiful space in um, Broadstairs in Kent. And also the, the, the retreats for any ethnicity, but you do have 
women of colour go, don't you? Because sometimes I find in the menopause space that Mm -hmm. you meet division. Um, Yes, you can do. Yes, you can. And and again, it depends on the something. So with our retreats, because they're bespoke, some of them is just for anyone and, you know, anyone, it doesn't matter. You know, women are women. But there's also, we call them the more soulful retreats that are for for women of colour who specifically say they want to go on a retreat with other women, you know, who they can relate to. Because, yes, I mean, if you, what we're saying before, um, if your mindset is you're no longer the strong black woman that you were, um, you know, a group of strong black women may want to go away together. So we're very um, careful when we're doing our retreats and as to who, you know, we would say, well, maybe this retreat would suit you better. Because to go on the retreat as, retreat as well, is that we do like an assessment. And so we would assess and then we would say, you know, give the options of what we think was suitable for. Um, because the retreat, you're, you're going to be in a space with, with other women. So it is very important as well that as best as we can, you know, we get the right women together in the retreat so that everybody's in a shared space, especially when you don't know each other. That's important. It's different if it's a group of women wanted to go away together and then they were like friends. But, you know, when you don't know, and as, as you quite rightly said, you don't want to be in a space when then you're feeling left out or misunderstood so that's where we are very very um careful when we're doing the retreats and and there is an initial assessment that has to be done first i mean also what i'll say because i know that all even though this is called black menopause and beyond all different types of ethnicities listen to the podcast so Mm -hmm. what i'm going to explain to some people who may not be aware that sometimes when you're a person of color when you're in spaces you you don't feel like you fit in yeah mm-hmm. but it could be it might be how you feel that you don't yeah. put in because you don't have things in common with the other people or you can't talk about things which are um which have a certain degree of importance to you but they it doesn't resonate with the other people but sometimes yeah. you don't feel comfortable because you feel that the group don't necessarily I suppose welcome you or understand you or feel I don't know, whatever reason. And if you're going through something around the topic of mental health um, yes. and, and, and you're feeling anxiety, that's just something you just don't want to deal with, is it? I no, presume, because it puts you on edge while you're trying to work out, am I feeling uncomfortable? Do these people not want me here? And if you already turn up, if you're turning up to a scenario yeah, yes. around anxiety and, and, and you have questions about who you are that's just not something you want to deal with so I don't want anyone to think it's about racism because it's not about racism it's about it's it's about you're dealing with your mental health and you don't want to have to sit and work out whether you're welcome or not yes would you would you agree with that I would agree with that you don't and also you don't want to be you don't want to go away somewhere where you're having to watch what you know your p's and q's and and also you want to be you want to feel that you're understood you want to feel that there is a shared lived experience, you know, and that, you know, you can, as when we do the assessment, you know, you can, and we, and it's not just a, a written, when I say assessment, there's like a form that um, anyone who wants to come along will fill in. And also we talk to them, there will be a phone call. So we can, so I can have a conversation just like what you've just had, um, you know, because so some's very open and it doesn't matter especially the ones maybe when it's just when you just you know you're going to go for walks you just want to go come go away somewhere you know somewhere from home that's a safe space that has 
therapeutic elements to it, but you are going to go off and do your own thing. But if it's a program, because even the, the, the shared experience, let's say, I mean, I gave the example of, of my mother um, and her experience. You know, when I talk to other women from of colour from the same, I'm from Jamaican background, we can all relate to that. We don't have to explain that. We don't have to explain that many of my peers were never even told about menstruation. Right. So sometimes you need that shared lived experience in order to feel comfortable and in order to feel safe and in order to move on from that. And, and in order to have, you know, the idea of the retreats is to go away acknowledging, yes, you're, 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 you're in menopause and you know what? You're having the best time of your life. Definitely. But yes, I don't want anyone who possibly might not be a person of colour to feel that it's about it's not really about racism it's about no. being the default and and I think the thing is when you're a person of color when you're different for whatever reason whether it's around your sexual preference whether it's disabilities or whatever you're never the default person you're never you know the default person is always somewhere else but sometimes to mend yourself to feel good about yourself you need to yeah. put yourself as the default yeah yes. and, and that's that's how I see that's how I use it I need to be the default to deal with my health my mental yeah. health, my physical health, and some of my characteristics, my the things that relate to me as a black woman need to be the default at that moment in time. Yeah. Yes. So, and I agree with that. Yeah. Yes, I agree. Because you, you can't, you can't, you can't, you can't deal with things if it's not about you. Yes. Yeah. So I don't want anyone to feel that if there is any, because I'm also part of black women in menopause, that's often a question that people ask. Well, why aren't your group racist then? When when if a white per, if women created a, a menopause group called white menopause, that would be considered to be racist. And it's about the fact that when you're white, you're automatically the default. It's automatically presumed that um, when they're talking about someone, it's someone that looks like you. So therefore, your health is always first, whereas our health is not always first because we might have characteristics which are different, but they're never brought to the table. Yes, and that's quite true because, again, if you look at some of the research, the research has um, shown that um, black women, they have more frequent hot flushes. So there's lots of things that's actually through research race and and the menopause is is quite um you know people there's a difference as you said there's a difference between how white women how asian women yeah. how black women and also not just black you know black women let's just say in the caribbean yeah menopause impacts them differently to black women in africa to black women you know born born in the uk mm. i mean i still to stay haven't it's one of my things I want to find out is how do you deal with hot flushes if you're already in a boiling hot country? Because <laughs> yeah, I can't imagine having to deal with that. Um, mm. I mean, I've never had hot flushes. So when I'm talking to women and they're half naked on Zoom or whatever because they're so hot, what, mm. how, would, how does that affect you if you live in a hot country? You mm. must melt. I mean, I really... <laughs> Well, see, that's a question that you need to ask somebody who's in a hot country. Yeah, yeah. menopausal. Yeah, re- reach out there, and because yeah. they have to, our our, grand, our forefathers had to deal with it. Yeah, in Africa and all the other hot countries, if that's right, they've they've had to deal with it. Yeah, and it must be a major thing if if you mm. if you're leaving work because you can't handle some of your menopause symptoms in this country, and some of them one of them might be hot flushes. What are you doing in other countries which are hot? hot even in winter and it mm. must affect you every day it must affect your work 
your mood, everything. So I know it's one of the things that I'm really desperate to find out, um, mm. and I haven't found out yet. But um, you know, I think it's because it's your perception of because remember they live in those countries every day. Because I've been abroad in really hot countries, and I've, and I've been really thinking, oh, my God, how do they cope? And the, there's not one sweat bead on their face. They're okay. still wearing long sleeves. And they can always tell the tourists, you know, we're on all skimpy dresses, short sleeves and everything else. So perhaps, yes, it's hot. That's a fact. But it's not hot. And they, li- they live in that heat. So, so they might be fine. To it. Yeah, it might be, but it might not be because this is the thing about be. black women is mm. we, we we have a mindset that we'll get through it, that we're yeah. strong. Yeah, so well, it, could be, it. it could be that there's an army of black women who are suffering, yeah, but because they're black women in a hot country, they've just got to get on with it. But actually they're suffering in silence. We don't know. We don't know. That's, that's, that's what I need to find out. Then. Yeah, you yeah. need to start the research then, Anita, on yeah. that one. <laughs> <laughs> but we're going to come to... Um, in end thank you very much but if you could tell people how they can get hold of you i will attach um to the notes your details but if you could tell people how they can get hold of you that'd be great okay um you can get hold of me if you want to find out more about my services either my therapeutic services or um any of the retreats i think the easiest thing is just to i'll give my my number which is oh seven nine five six one six six four seven four and the email address for the the retreats is quite simply retreats by the bay that's retreats by the bay all one word and just as the words are spelt nothing fancy retreats in the normal spelling by the and bay b-a-y at gmail.com okay thanks very much for the interview it's been very interesting and, thank you uh, for having me. <laughs> well, thank you for coming. <laughs> but, I always yeah. say, yeah. <laughs> thank you for having me. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. 